streaming live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and BlastTheRadio.com, this is The Lowell Green Show. The number to call and be heard around the world is 613-413-2217 or email Lowell at BlastTheRadio.com. And now, here is Lowell Green. Oh, thank you, John. Yeah, you're right around the world. Um, mm-hmm. I've got correspondence. Um, well, I, I, I don't have any from Australia, but uh, I've got correspondence from um, Norway, uh, from Sweden, and, of course, uh, lots from the United States. Even got some from the west coast of Canada. Uh, the, by the way, from the west coast of Canada, generally speaking, there's somebody there that's not very complimentary. So, but it's all you know what it's 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 fair game. I'm fair game. I, I want to take just a moment here to thank Aaron O'Toole and praise the guy. I know he's subjected to a lot of criticism, including from a lot of us conservatives. But he he stood in the house. I don't know if you saw him or not, John, but he stood in the house this morning for what could be his last speech in the House of Commons. There will be an election probably before we see him again. God knows what his fate will be. And he poured his heart out. And I'm going to tell you something. It's time that somebody stood up in Parliament or someplace to stood up for Canada, and he certainly did. O'Toole says he is troubled by the cancellation of Canada Day celebrations in some communities, and he accuses what he calls a small group of very vocal activists for continuously trying to bring Canada down rather than to celebrate our many successes. Says O'Toole, Canada Day is a time to celebrate living in the greatest country in the world. It is time, he says, to rejoice for our many accomplishments and a time to rededicate ourselves to building an even greater Canada and taking up the challenges which face us. And yes, he says there are many challenges, of course. He is saddened by cities like Victoria. Can you imagine Victoria, B.C.? Cancel Canada Day. Good Lord. Penticton. Larange, Saskatchewan. And, and other communities, most of them smaller, canceling Canada Day celebrations. And he is highly critical of those who continually disparage our country. I love this country, says Aaron O'Toole. I have much to be proud of, and so do you. And he says he believes that most Canadians share those sentiments. To which I say, hallelujah. It's bloody well time. Somebody stood in that house or someplace and praised this great country, stood up for Canada. I, and I know that I'm not alone. I'm sick and tired of constantly hearing nothing but negative, 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 negative comment about this country. This is a great country. Sure, some bad things have happened in the past. You examine the history of any nation, I challenge you. You are going to find injustices and plenty of them. We have all made mistakes in the past and we continue to make mistakes today. But you know... Aside from that, let's celebrate these successes, because when you're speaking about Canada, and with this I, I agree with Aaron O'Toole, that we have many successes here. You know, when we're flagellating ourselves over the residential school tragedies, we, we forget that Canada was the country to which tens of thousands of aboriginals fled 
They came here for safety and protection from the Queen, protection from Canada, protection from the genocidal wars, the Indian wars in the United States. We forget that. Tens of thousands of aboriginals living in Canada today owe their very life to the fact that we protected them from the United States. Even Chief Sitting Bull, following his warrior's uh, massacre of General Custer and his troops at the the Battle of Little Bighorn, fled north. Over a thousand warriors came to Canada, and they had the protection here for three years. We protected them from the American Genocidal War. Excuse me. We forget one of the reasons that the aboriginals fought for Canada against the United States in the War of 1812. And let's be very honest. It was the aboriginals who won that war. The Americans were absolutely frightened to death of the aboriginals. The reason that the aboriginals fought for Canada, not for the United States, not one aboriginal that I am aware of fought for the United States in the War of 1812, but thousands of them fought for Canada. Why? Because they knew that Canada had rescued them. And not only that, they knew that if the United States won the war, they would be wiped out in Canada as they were being wiped out in the United States. We did not have a genocidal war in this country. We protected aboriginals. I am not suggesting that we always treated them well, but this is where thousands, tens of thousands of them fled. So while we're flagellating ourselves over the residential schools, let's, let's not forget the other side of it. And let's not forget something else. If you read Uncle Tom's Cabin or some of the other great books of the United States Americans, uh, uh, authors, you, you, will, you will recall the fact that Canada is where the Underground Railway ended. The escaping slaves or those trying to were headed north. Where were they headed? They weren't headed for Detroit. They weren't headed for Syracuse. They were headed for Canada because they knew if they made it to Canada, they were free. I don't understand why we don't celebrate this. Their underground railway ended in Canada. This was our country that protected aboriginals by the thousands and escaping slaves. Uh, our, Our history books totally ignore this. My granddaughter in the province of Quebec for three solid years the only history that she studied was how it was the, the, the terrible situation in the residential schools. For three solid years, that's all the history she learned. She never learned about any of the other good stuff. And she didn't learn, for example, if we're talking about the good things that this country does, did and continues to do. Do you realize that on a per capita basis, Canada for decades has accepted and welcomed more immigrants and more refugees per capita than any other nation on earth. We, we, we're, not, we're not teaching that. Many of our, in fact, many of our parents don't even know that. Every single year, folks, today, yesterday, last year, 10 years ago, on a per capita basis, more immigrants and refugees on a per capita basis fled to Canada than any other nation on earth. The only other nation even close is Australia. We, we outnumber, as far as per capita, almost four times more per capita immigrants and refugees come to Canada than come to the United States. But we don't learn about that. A great success, a great country. And we also don't learn about the fact that our, our ancestors, very often with almost nothing, 
carved from a very unwelcoming climate and landscape, one of the great nations on earth. We also forget that we, in both world wars, this country fought well above its weight. It was Canadian troops who finally defeated the, the Germans at Vimy Ridge. Uh, and we see time and time again that when the going got tough, when they needed really solid soldiers, it was the Canadians. I remember, drove me crazy. We were on a, on a, um, an, a, a river cruise in Europe. And I had with me, uh, I was one of the hosts, maybe about 40 or 50 Canadians. And uh, at almost every stop as we're coming down the, the, the rivers in Europe, we would have someone come in and give us a little talk about the history and so forth. And at one point, a, a man, a very nice man, a historian, was talking about we had just visited the Juno Beach, okay, in Normandy. And so he's talking about the uh, Normandy uh, invasion, the D-Day. And he says, and I'll never forget this, the Americans, the Polish, and the British landed at, at, uh, at, in Normandy, etc., I, I stood there, and I mean, I, I said, what the hell is this? And several of my Canadian friends looked at me, so I stood up, and as nicely as I could said, I'm sorry, there may have been some Polish troops included in some of the other armies, but it was there was a Canadian army. He argued with me. This was a historian. Anyway, I just passed that on. But but I'm going to tell you something. It's not only, not only historians in Europe who don't know what happened at that D-Day. I can remember on Canada Day, for years I broadcast live from Parliament Hill, as many of you know, and uh, one of my featured uh, articles, uh, shows, was I would have a little quiz, Canadiana quiz. I kept the, the <laughs> questions as simple as possible, obviously not simple enough for many. I remember one time, and there was a prize, a Canadian flag for people who could answer three. I, I, I couldn't get over the, the lack of knowledge many people had of Canadian history. I, I One of the questions, I'll never forget this. One of the questions I threw out, um, what's the significance of Juno Beach? What is Juno Beach? One of the first caller comes in, he had no idea what Juno Beach. This was an adult. So uh, what I'm saying here is, folks, we have a great country here. Yes, we've made some mistakes. Uh, and examine, as I say, the history of any nation on earth, and you're going to find injustice, and you'll find it here. But as, as Aaron O'Toole said this morning, this is not the time to, to wallow in our mistakes. This is a time to take up the challenges of tomorrow. If we made mistakes yesterday, let's remedy that. Those are challenges for today. So I, I congratulate him, and I repeat, it's time that somebody stood up and, and told the great success story of this country. Canada is one of the great success stories of the history of the world. From a very, very unwelcoming climate and landscape, we forged one of the great nations on earth. So I just, I, I finally, I had to say it, folks. And I just wish, and I know that I'm talking to some parents now. You might, if you have not already, ask, ask your children or grandchildren what they know. Ask them if they know what the Underground Railway was or is. Ask them if they know about the, the fact that we protected tens of thousands of aboriginals who fled here. I think that there are many Canadians who feel that we had a genocidal war against the aboriginals. We did not. That was the Americans. 
we provided safety for them, including the warriors who fought and and wiped out General Custer's army at the battle at the Battle of Little Bighorn. I, 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 did you know that? Well, it's a fact. Um, John, we got any um, any comments yet coming in on we this? We absolutely this? do. I'm just putting this together now. I can start reading uh, now if you're ready. Uh, by the way, we'd love your phone calls, uh, your comments, of course, on Facebook and Twitch. I uh, will give you a little like on your comments to let you know that I have put them on the list to try and get to Lowell. Uh, your phone calls, of course, will get you right through at 613-413-2217. Kathy says, proud of my country, ashamed of the government. Valda says, Aaron O'Toole has great people behind him. I'm tired of hearing people putting him down. Open your eyes, people. He is nor one man alone. He has great people behind him supporting all Canadians. Anne says, it's a shame that our Prime Minister does not share this pride and love for Canada, only feels proud of Quebec and China. Peter says, it's the woke groups. Heard a good report on Fox News how they are pulling U.S. apart, and the same goes on in Canada with the far leftists. They teach in schools how to hate the country of Canada. We need to celebrate Canada for what we have and be proud, not ashamed. But now Trudeau is like, oh, we have a country of racists and women haters, etc. No. I get so sick. You know, I'm sorry, John. I, I get so sick and tired of yeah, this. And apparently about 30, they did a poll, about 30% of Canadians think this is a racist country. This is not a racist country. Good God. Have, have a look at the uh, the racial makeup of Parliament. I mean, there's almost every religion and, and every culture and every race on the face of the planet represented in Parliament. We elected these people. I mean, it's, you know what? For 95% of Canadians, race Culture, color means bugger all. We uh, no one care. All you care about is the person's character. That this idea that somehow or other we're a racist. There are some racists here. There are stupid people everywhere. Racists are just absolutely stupid, ignorant people. There's no other way to describe it. And we every country has them, and we always will. The Bible even, you know, obliquely refers to them. But that we are not a racist country. I repeat. How can they charge us or think that we're a racist country when on a per capita basis we allow more refugees of all races and all colors from virtually every nation on earth into this country than any other country on earth? I mean, I'm, I'm sick and tired of being described as a racist. I, I, and I know that, as I say, 95% of Canadians don't give a sweet flying fox bark what color you are, where you come from. All we want to know is, are you a good Canadian you know, are you? Do you want to settle here? Do you want to live here and and be productive? And ninety five percent of people who come here do so. Uh, so sorry, go ahead, John. No problem. <laughs> I, I just get sick and tired of this. This put always putting this great country down. We got some problems. We got challenges. But yes, you know we what? Do. We faced bigger challenges this before, and we beat them, and we'll beat these challenges too. Go ahead, John. Tom says the PM probably doesn't know Canada's past history, and he was a teacher. Uh, over on Twitch, Russ says, As a person of Acadian descent, I can't help but think of the expulsion of the Acadians, a very dark day in Canadian history that is often hidden. And the micro guy says, Thank you for addressing this, Lowell. You are correct. Canada is truly a great country. We have always stood shoulder to shoulder with our allies. We've given safe harbor to countless numbers of refugees. We opened our homes to airline passengers during 9-11. And the list goes on and on. We definitely need to wave our flag. We'll celebrate our unity, our courage, and our accomplishments. Well done. Yeah, the expulsion of the Acadians is a, is a sad chapter. But that was not Canada. We weren't, you know, this, we were a British colony at the time. 
So don't blame me for what the British did, please, okay? Um, I, we have to take a, a little bit of a break here. I just want to remind you once again that the big Frigidaire sale at Shields, Shields Appliances, ends at the end of this month. Tremendous savings. It's the 75th. Can you imagine being in business in the Ottawa Valley, in Ottawa, for 75 years? Well, they have. Shields has been in business 75 years, doing a hell of a great job. The only reason you exist is if you're doing a good job. So uh, for, to celebrate their 75th anniversary, they, they engineered a major sale, got uh, some great deals from Frigidaire. And you can save, uh, if you check the website, you'll see you can save up to $1,200. Not only that, but some great finance plans as well. Uh, I haven't spent much time talking about that, but check them out. You will see, um, you, you can... You can buy appliances if you want, zero down, zero payment for six months or, or even 12 months, depending upon the uh, the, the cost of the, the appliance. So wonderful prices, great, you know, payment uh, situations at, at Shields. And don't forget, always, they've got them in stock. You don't have to wait. And they're local. Don't send your money to China, please. Keep it here. Shields. Shields.ca. John, back to you. Uh, just a couple of leftover comments. Uh, Valda says, wouldn't it be great for JT to have to pass a 100% or step down and for goodness post his grade and post it in the news? Uh, she also says, we have the Underground Railroad here in Brockville. I didn't know that. Interesting. Uh, Peter says, I've explained history to people all over the place. Many don't know anything about the Underground Railway. And an email from Lisa, which seems a little off topic, says, I can't help but wonder which one of Trudeau's minions he's listening to for advice. Sounds more and more like a Chinese communist dictatorship as time goes on. (laughs) I have another topic here. Yes, sir. Um, I'd like to ask my listeners what their opinion is about vaccine passports. I know that there is a mixed reaction out there, but it seems to me that it's only a matter of time and that we're going to need some form of passport. I mean, already, uh, for example, those who have had two doses are fully vaccinated, have special travel privileges. Uh, The UK is introducing passport. I I suspect that the time is not that far off where if you have uh, both doses, you're fully vaccinated. You may be able to get in to see Senators games, for example, some concerts, that kind of thing. We're, we're seeing that more and more. Um, they're, they're, the private enterprise, may, there could be some restaurants, I don't know, that say, listen, uh, we'll let you in if you're fully vaccinated and can prove it. So it seems to me that the time is going to come when we're going to need some sort of proof. Now, uh, I don't know if you can see this or not. This is, uh, this, this is what, what both Debbie and I and I gather, everybody who received the, 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 the two shots here in Ontario received. This is from the Ontario Ministry of Health, bilingual. My name and a lot of other information there. Uh, it says that I received a Pfizer, BioNTech, COVID-19 vaccine, da 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 All left arm, all sorts of information. And it says you have received two valid doses. So we do have some proof, but it just seems to me that we may need something that is uh, perhaps handier, uh, that not so easily destroyed, I guess. I, I just like to know how, what you feel here. And I just want to point something out. I think people confuse. The, the passports we're talking about, if that comes to that, 
would not be the, the government granting you special permission. The government would simply prove that you've had two doses. It would be something to prove that you've had both doses. And it would be up to various private industries as to whether or not you needed the passport. I, I think the time is not that far off when the airlines are going to say, we're going to let you on if you can show us that you've got both both the vaccinations. I think that the United States probably quite soon is going to say pretty well the same thing and many other countries. So uh, one way or the other, we're going to need, there's no question that we're, in most cases, we're going to need some proof that we've had both shots. Would you be in favor or are you opposed to a simple government document that proves you've had both shots? Uh, just like to know your, your feeling on that. Um, John, if you've got any, any comments on that, just let us know. Can I just say I'm glad to hear you saying that because I have been saying that for some time on my own, that it's not the government who's going to demand that you have a vaccine. It's going to come yeah. down to these private companies and moreover, their insurance companies. Very true. Uh, you know, I mean, that's a hell of a liability to, you know, to allow people into a Sens game or a Red Blacks game or a concert and, and not check that they have the proper vaccinations, etc. And the liabilities are through the roof. So, yeah, you want to get on an airplane, you want to go to a resort, I think you're going to need this. So far, Lowell, it is pretty much unanimous. Yes. Yes to vaccine passports. Like, I, I believe that... You know, right from almost day one, you should not have been allowed into a long-term care unless you had been vaccinated. I, the first thing we should have done was vaccinate people in long-term care and the workers. And no worker should have been allowed to go into a long-term care without proof that they had received, been, been vaccinated, vaccinated twice. It's especially important now with this new Delta variant because what we're finding out even some people who have had both doses, some in, in some rare cases, are still coming down with COVID. Now, it's not nearly as serious, probably doesn't require hospitalization. But on top of which, no vaccine is 100% effective. At, at its very best, even after two shots, you're about 90% protected. So, it's you know, just as, as, as a, one example, it would seem to me that as a private citizen, I should have the right to say, listen, we're going to have a big party, we're allowed, but I don't want anybody here who hasn't been fully vaccinated. I just can't take the chance. I got my grandparents here, they've been vaccinated, but they still may be susceptible. So it would seem to me that, every, including restaurant owner, a restaurant may say, listen, you know what? Um, we, I can't take the chance. You show us you've got both vaccinations, we'll let you in. I, I've already talked about concerts, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, it'll be the government just, just showing us some proof. We already have proof. I suppose you could say that this document, this sheet of paper that I have now, is a, uh, is a passport. I, you know, we, we may be able to carry that with us if we, if we had to. But it would be nice if we just had something that we could even put on our, on our phones. Barry has is, Barry is, uh, been desperate to get on. Barry, yes, you're on the air, sir. Okay, Go ahead, Barry. Yes, sir. Going for my second shot on Friday. Okay, good for you. I just wanted to say that I, I texted you, uh, I think it was, well, probably a month ago, about this passport deal. Yes. And I don't I don't think it, the government should force it upon anyone, uh, just like I don't think they should force people getting vaccinated. But I believe everyone should be vaccinated. But the passport, um, yes, I agree that... Uh, that uh, we should have something like that because, uh, you know, if you go to a, a Senators game or a Red Blacks game, 
Are you going to want somebody sitting beside you that's coughing and sneezing that hasn't been vaccinated and you don't know what he's got, whether it's just a cold or, or whether he's got COVID? Like, uh, I think for the protection of all people in public events, if we want to go past stage three uh, that we're coming up to or whatever and uh, get out of this COVID uh, restrictions and go around like we were normal again, I think that, uh, you know, the, the coverage of the vaccines doesn't guarantee 100% coverage. You know, you might not get it as severely as some people have, and you might not die from it once you're vaccinated, but you can still get it or, yep. or, or symptoms of it. And yep. I just think that, yes, that uh, we should have some kind of, uh, you know, you're going to have to have that passport to be able to fly places, uh, to go into public events. And like John was saying, that was one of my original thoughts was, just insurance liabilities, stuff like that. Good. Thank you, Barry. I, I agree with you, and you, you've picked up on a very important point. Uh, this would not be the government imposing anything. The government would simply provide proof that you've had. That's all. And, and in fact, I mean, as I say, this document that I have, this sheet of paper that I have from the Ministry of Health Ontario, that's a kind of passport. We could use that if that's what they want. But, I mean, this is a little a little inconvenient to have to carry around a big sheet of paper would be nice to have something a little bit more permanent thank you barry phone me back anytime sir in the next year or so thank you <laughs> just just joking <laughs> oh barry <laughs> oh it's good to hear from barry it's yes, good to sir. hear from anybody who's concerned and interested enough to phone uh text you have some more text john yep hi lol i don't mind a passport if the u.s requires it for entry uh mike says the only people who will uh, disapprove of a vaccine passport of course are anti-vaxxers dave says a facebook profile banner doesn't count no dave no it does not uh, <laughs> thanks for the chuckle to dave uh and says would they need to be time sensitive with expiry dates i would think so wouldn't you i don't know hmm. i don't know tom uh, uh, go ahead go ahead no nope, after you sir all right, um, I have one other topic here before we go. I, I can't believe our city council. Yesterday, we talked about, you know, a billion dollars for 450 electric buses, which will provide zero help for this old planet. It'll just take a billion dollars out of our pockets, and you might as well just, you know, pee it down the toilet. But here we go again. We're debating what to do with our garbage. The, tail, the trail road dump. I, I, I'm not going to call them landfill anymore. They're freaking dumps, okay? There was a dump when I was a kid. There was a dump when I was a teenager. It was a dump when I was middle-aged, and it's still a dump today, okay? A stinking, filthy, garbage dump. That's what they are. So they're still, our city council or some members are still talking about finding another site for another dump, presumably in somebody's backyard or a dozen backyards or a hundred backyards. You know, I, I keep coming back to incineration since 1994. I have pounding away on the fact that most of the rest of the civilized, intelligent world uses incineration not only to get rid of their garbage, but to create a good chunk of electricity, very environmentally friendly and very cheap. Even the city of Vancouver, Canada's most left-wing city, burns about one-third of its garbage, and they're building a new incinerator, and it provides a good chunk of electricity for the city of Vancouver. But here in Ottawa, oh, no, we're going we're gonna to dump it on the ground again. Don't forget, it's within the boundary of the city. So you're talking about dumping raw garbage, stinking, filthy, polluting garbage in the middle of your city. 
And they still in this city refuse to deal seriously with the modern method, and that's called high-efficiency incineration. I say to you, members of City Council, for God's sake, read a book, read a newspaper, find out what's going on in the rest of the world, and maybe join the 21st century. Hell's bells. You know what? If you can't join the 21st century, how about trying to join the 20th century? And if you can't do that, join the 19th century, for God's sake, because now you're back around the 3rd century where they used to dump the garbage. And, and I keep saying this in medieval times. They dumped the garbage, but at least they had enough brains to dump it outside the wall. They didn't dump it in the center of their city. We're so damn stupid here. We dump our garbage in the center of the city incineration it's the modern way it's the cheap way to produce electricity it would pay for itself in a few years for god's sake wake up please wake up please text yes john <laughs> we're kind of all over the place here uh but here we go peter says burn the stuff and turn it into energy to power our houses of uh course. yep uh we're talking about electric garbage trucks now in brampton apparently they've ordered some electric fire trucks today too that'll be a fun topic on your yeah show. we're going so we're going to have electric garbage yep. trucks taking it to a dump in the center of our city there ah. you go all right Jesus. uh and on the vaccines here we go ann says uh no we got to ann already tom says in the states carrie and i got small cars which we laminated and carry around with us as far as vaccine good. passports. Good. Uh, Long Point Driver watching on Twitch says, I've had to have plenty of vaccines to be able to travel to other countries. Malaria meds were hell. Uh, Julie says, we cannot book cabins down east until we're fully vaccinated. Not the government rules. It's the site who rents the cabins rules for their right. insurance. Good. David good. says, roadblocks and protests at the New Brunswick-Nova Scotia border over vaccines. Will a vaccine visa be required for interprovincial travel? Craig says, don't force me to take your experimental vaccine by restricting my right to travel and decide how I maintain my health with your discriminating <laughs> vaccine passport. Oh, get it. You know what? Get, get, get real. I mean, if you don't want to get a vaccine, you, you know what? Private industry has the right to say, we only want vaccinated people here. Let me ask whoever. Who, who writes that? That's Craig. Okay. Do you have the right to say who you want to visit you in your home? Do you have the right to tell some people you don't want to have them in your home? Well, restaurants or businesses have the right to say, listen, we don't want unvaccinated people in our business. Or would you deny the right of private businesses to determine who they want in their building? You see, that's what gets me with these damned anti-vaxxers. Oh, well, I have, it's my right. Well, how about the right of people to say, well, you know what? You, you have a right not to be vaccinated, but I have a right to say I want to live next to you. A business is private property. And again, Lowell, I maintain it's, it may not even be the business dictating this. I really strongly feel it's going to be the insurance company. That's a very good point. Very good point. Wait, we're almost, uh, we're almost out of time here. Centennial Glass, folks. I keep telling you that here is one more great local company. And, and this and, and I, I have said this, and I'm not alone in this, thank goodness. If you can, if you can, shop local. You know, the, the big giant box stores, they're going to do well. Come hell or high water, pandemic or whatever, they're going to do fine. It's the small, smaller local businesses that need support, if you can. And nobody, I mean, nobody, when it comes to glass of any kinds, why would you go elsewhere? I mean, this is the, this is the company that's been doing this for, for decades do, do it beautifully, very reasonably priced. They're good, honest people. You know what you want from your from your pe people who you deal with? You want honesty. You want good value. And that's what you get at Centennial Glass. Glass of any kind. Centennial Glass. You can't beat them, folks. 
uh, Industrial Avenue here in Ottawa, and in good old Renfrew. We're right out of time, John. we got tons uh, of leftovers, Lowell. I will make sure that the texts <laughs> and the uh, comments all get emailed to you so that you good. can read Thank them. Thank you all time. for texting and taking, you know, taking part. That's what the program's about, folks. It's not a program if you don't take part. Thank you. We'll be back. The Lowell Green Show is seen and heard live around the world at 2 p.m. Eastern. Connect with us online at blasttheradio.com slash Lowell Green. Can't join us live? Download the Lowell Green Podcast. Available on Apple, Spotify, Google, and more. Ask your smart speaker to play the Lowell Green Podcast. This is a production of blasttheradio.com.